Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Talking about sealing, and of course we have been since the 19th of January, 2019, when the Lord visited us there in Africa, saying, seal my people by my word. And in obedience to that, we're doing the podcast, and we want to hear from you. Those that believe in the message and know that we're in the last of the last days, we would like to hear from you as God is bringing his body into one in the unity of the faith. In John 17, when he says, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. Sanctification, which is set apart for the Lord God Almighty, called to be saints. A saint is not one that has done three miracles or whatever during their lifetime. A saint is one that is sanctified, holy, both spirit, soul, and body. That they've done the will of God and purged themselves from dead works to serve the living God and being a vessel meet for the master's use. In John 17 also, he goes on to say, Jesus praying to the Father. Now, of course, he's going to be going back, glorified with the Father's own self, John 17, 5. But then he prays for us the body of Christ, that Father make them one, even as I'm in you and you in me, that they may be perfect, made perfect in one. To be perfect in one is in the Lord Jesus Christ through belief in the truth and sanctification of the Spirit. Now, sanctification requires believing the Word, but not only a hearer of the Word, but a doer of the Word. And Jesus said, the same glory that you gave to me, that is in the days of his flesh, that Jesus was one of us in all things made like unto his brother, tempted at all points like as we are yet without sin, and had glory given to him through obedience, making the captain of our salvation perfect through sufferings. For as much then Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, be therefore likewise minded, for he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. But Jesus said there in John 17, the same glory that you gave unto me, that is in the days of his flesh, that same glory given to them. The same glory, not something less that same glory, that they may be made perfect in one. Now, God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. No one's seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. This is he that came by blood and water, not by blood only, but by blood and water. When they pierced Jesus' side on the cross, forthwith came blood and water. Along in us, seeing that Jesus was already dead, pierced his side, and forthwith there came water and blood. The blood is not applied without the water. In the Old Testament, we find that Moses sprinkled the people with blood, with water, both the book and the people, making them one. We're to be one in the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't you know that all run in a race? All run in a race, but only one winneth the prize. So Paul's telling us there that the body of Christ has to come into one in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. The knowledge of the Son of God is not gnosko, not just knowing Jesus after the Spirit and not after the flesh. In other words, not just receiving the Holy Ghost. That we must grow up in Him in all things. And those are the things of faith. To come unto perfection is not that it is positional, but it is in Christ Jesus. In other words, Paul stated in Galatians 2.20, I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, 
but Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, and who loved me and gave himself for me. Now we are to come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ unto a perfect man. Jesus prayed that prayer in John 17, that they may be made perfect in one, that same glory that you gave me, Father. That's in the days of his flesh. And that is the man, Christ Jesus, was made in under the law to redeem us that were under the law. He became one of us, our kinsman redeemer. He was of the same blood, and he was willing, and he had the means wherewith to purchase us, redeem us, as a kinsman redeemer. There, the Lord, by one offering, has perfected forever them that are sanctified. And we leave off that sanctification many times, thinking that it's positional, that if we just confess the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we're saved, not realizing that there is a sanctification. And uh, through that truth, sanctify them through thy truth, Thy word is true. The sealing that God is doing now is not just under the Old Testament, Sabbath being a sign of a seal. That was under the law. But now, God in Sunday times and divers manners spake unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son whom he hath appointed heir of all things. That sanctification, that Jesus, without the camp, sanctified us by his blood. But that blood is something that has to be applied daily. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Well, the blood is in the New Testament given for you. So how do we eat the flesh of Jesus and drink his blood in John 16? That Jesus said, except you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life. Well, to eat the flesh of Jesus and to drink his blood the blood in the New Testament given for you is not just a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word, growing up into him in all things so that we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. That is perfection, perfected forever them by one offering to and how by them who are sanctified. Sanctification is essential. Sanctification is a growth process going from newborn babes to little children. The newborn babes, they have their sins forgiven for his name's sake. And they are born of the water and the spirit. According, just as Jesus told Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you must be born again. He must be born of the water and the spirit. Nicodemus said that sounded impossible to him. He said, how is a man that is old enter the second time into his mother's womb? How can we be born again? Jesus said that which is flesh is flesh. That which is spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. Except a man, except a man be born of the water and the spirit. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. Well, that's an essential. We find that the born of the water and the spirit was given to Peter who had the keys to the kingdom. Therefore was the preacher on the day of Pentecost. And they were pricked in their heart. 
the Holy Ghost had been given. And they said, men and brethren, what must we do? And Peter gave it in Acts 2.38, how to be born of the water and the Spirit. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, born of the water. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit, for the promises unto you, your children, to a many that are far off, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now that's the beginning in the sanctification that after you have received the word of truth, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise until you receive the promised possession. It's through the word. By believing the word of God and growing up in him in all things. But it's progressive. It is a process in sanctification. Therefore, you don't stay little babies, newborn babes in Christ. 1 John 2, 12-14 tells us the next step in sanctification. Sanctified, to be a saint. A vessel meet for the master's use, for the work of the ministry. The final glory that is to be revealed in the saints as they preach this everlasting gospel unto all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. Well, the next step is little children. A newborn babe desires and sincere milk of the word they may grow thereby. But the next step in sanctification is little children. Then we see that in 1 John 2, 12 through 14. I write to you little children because the sins are forgiven for his name's sake. I write unto you little children because uh, you have known the Father. Now the next step in sanctification is the revelation that Jesus is the Father of glory. Most think that repentance is nothing but salvation, is nothing but repentance, is what I should say. That godly sorrow does work repentance unto salvation, not to be repented of. But repentance in itself is not salvation. It's not born again. Now, surely, when a person repents, they have believed that they must have a change, a change of mind to want to live for God. Now, that godly sorrow worketh that. It works repentance, not to be repented of, but it's unto salvation. That's what gets you there. Well, salvation, that born of the water and the Spirit, is baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. There's no other way you have your sins remitted, washed away, buried in the sea of forgetfulness, except by water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. And then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit. After that, now the sanctification goes to that of little children. And they have the revelation that Jesus is the Father. Most of the church world and Protestant have been told that they just say a sinner's prayer and they're saved. Well, there's a change there, but it's not entering into the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a step in salvation, yet repent and be baptized. And when a person repents, then there is a a glorious time in heaven, the angels rejoicing over one sinner that repents. But that's not total sanctification and certainly not salvation. It's a first step. It is a time that you will feel a presence of God because no man can come to the Lord Jesus except the Father drawing, except it's drawn of the Holy Ghost. And certainly, just as it was in Acts of the 19th chapter, 
all came upon certain brethren. They had believed because he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Now, they had repented, but before the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and his glorification, when he went back to heaven, he said, wait until you be endued with power not many days hence. That power is essential for salvation. Now, before then, they say the three thief on the cross, all he did said was, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus looked at that thief. Now, he wouldn't even look at the other one that railed on him, but the one that said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said, today, thou will be with me in paradise. Paradise, that day, Jesus did not ascend into heaven. He died on the cross. And what is it that he not, he didn't first ascend into heaven. He first descended into the heart of the earth. There, it says in 1 Peter 3, that by the Spirit, because when Jesus said, Father, into thy hands, I commend my spirit little s, and he gave up the ghost. From that time forward, he who had done nothing worthy of sin, worthy of death, the spirit of the man Christ Jesus and the spirit of God uh, not being the wall of partition as it had been, simply because the law still stood there in ordinances. It was a wall of partition. But Jesus took the ordinances of that, of that law, nailing it to his cross, thereby breaking down the middle wall of partition. And as soon as he died, he gave up the ghost and said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. The spirit of Jesus, as he was buried in that tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, did not see corruption because it was nothing worthy of death. And that spirit of Jesus and that human spirit joined to the spirit of God, not divided or parted at a wall of partition by the law, because the law, that middle wall of partition in that law, was broken down, thereby making peace. Peace between God and all mankind in the Lord Jesus Christ, he made the way, the truth, and the life by the shedding of his blood on Calvary, on Golgotha. As he did, that spirit, the human spirit of Jesus, joined with the spirit of God in one. And that by that spirit, capital S, Jesus <clears throat> went, not that he first ascended, first descended into the heart of the earth and went and preached to the spirits shut up in prison. What prison? Death. Death had dominion over them. The devil had the keys of death and hell. And there was a show in the nether parts, in the lower parts, and Jesus stomped Satan, triumphing over him in it, made a show of him openly to all the spirits. Took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. There is where the thief went with him today. Not in heaven, because he didn't raise from the dead for three days. But the day, as soon as he died, the thief went with him to paradise in the lower part. He didn't go to heaven. Jesus didn't go to heaven the first day. He did not ascend to the Father until it said he first, not that he first ascended, he first descended into the heart of the earth. And there, by his Spirit, went and preached to the Spirit shut up in prison. 1 Peter 3. He made a show of the devil openly. The thief on the cross was there also. 
All that had been done at that point was repentance. And John the Baptist preaching the doctrine of repentance. Water unto repentance. That's all that was essential at that time. Jesus had not died on the cross and had not ascended until after three days. The thief on the cross went with Jesus to paradise, which is Abraham's bosom, where all the souls that had died in the Lord, in God, still were not resurrected in their spirits, not resurrected bodies, but in their spirits. And we find that in Hebrews 12, that you're come to this heavenly city, Jerusalem, the Jerusalem which is above, to Jesus, the mediator of the covenant, innumerable company of angels, the church and assembly of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven, the spirits, not souls, spirits of just men made perfect. Spirits of just men made perfect? Yes. How did they get there? Because what did Jesus preach? What he's always preached, the kingdom of God. Jesus went about preaching and teaching the kingdom of God. Not just one verse, the kingdom of God. And after he died on the cross, not that he first ascended, but he first descended into the heart of the earth. The thief on the cross also there went there also. And he preached to those spirits shut up in the present. Bound. Death had held them there. But now, Jesus triumphed over Satan in it and has the keys to death and hell. And uh, he triumphed, triumphed over the devil in it and that all that saw what Jesus did said that all there were subject to Jesus and all the ones that are called by his name Every devil, every demon in hell will be subject through every believer in the name of Jesus. Then, when he ascended, then raised from the dead, it says that many of the graves of the saints there in Jerusalem rose from the dead and walked through the city. The ones that were close in Sichem. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph concerning his bones, and Jacob. These, these were, these tombs, these, these uh, graves were opened. And they walked, showing themselves alive in Jerusalem. Jesus was seen after his resurrection in a glorified body by as many as 500 brethren at one time showing and declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection from the dead. No other prophet anywhere has risen from the dead except Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the Savior, the Redeemer. He is our kinsman Redeemer. There the thief on the cross went with him in that paradise, Abraham's bosom there descended and they, the devil there was defeated. Jesus took the keys to death and hell as he then rose from the dead showing himself alive by his passion for 40 days that he is the resurrected Messiah the Son of God. Well, at that point, he said, now wait, as he's ascending up to heaven, there's going to be a new thing. There's going to be a keys to the kingdom that were given to Peter. And Peter will be the oracle. He'll be the mouthpiece. He'll be the preacher on the day of Pentecost. But it hadn't happened yet. It had only been 40 days. There'll be another 10 days past uh, 
uh, first fruits. It had already been 40 days past first fruits. And there'll be another 10 for seven weeks, seven Sabbaths, and on the morrow, 50 days from first fruits. So they'll be in the upper room for another 10 days from first fruits. We find that in Leviticus 23 in the Feast of the Lord. There, Jesus, after 40 days after his passion, seen alive, they're talking with them and they said, Jesus, will it you will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Are you going to set your kingdom up now? Where all nations of the earth will be blessed in Israel, the nation. And Jesus said, it's not given for you to know the season that God has put in his own power. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the most parts of the earth. While they were beholding him, he ascended up to heaven in a cloud. Now in that cloud, it was a cloud of witnesses. Those saints that he raised from the grave after his resurrection, because Jesus had the preeminence in all things, they will not die again. Every man in his own order. Christ the first fruits, and afterward Christ at his coming. So there was in that cloud, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they didn't die again. They were resurrected, showing that he is, Jesus is, the resurrection and the life. Though a man were dead, yet shall he live. Believe in Jesus, you'll never die. Not a natural death, but you will not be heard of the second death. Blessed and, holy, blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. There, Jesus took them to heaven with him in a cloud of witnesses. But this same Jesus that you see ascend into heaven will also come in like manner. So they went into the upper room not knowing exactly what was going to happen, but they were going to wait for power. The power of the Holy Ghost that Jesus said that they would receive not many days hence. It was all by faith. He was seen by as many as 500 brethren at one time, but there was only 120 in the upper room. Where were the rest of them? Well, when God's doing a new thing, many people are too busy. And God's doing a new thing now, far greater than Pentecost. But most are too busy. Well, they waited in that upper room, praying, seeking God continually. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there was a new thing. Suddenly there came a sound as of a rushing mighty wind. And filled the room where they were sitting. Cloven tongues of fire appeared, sat on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak with tongues, other tongues of magnified God. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. She had to be filled with the Holy Ghost in order to be saved. There, they was asked. They were pricked in the heart. Men and brethren, what shall we, what must we do? Peter, standing up along with the other eleven, Matthew there also said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. From that day forward, in the birth of that embryonic church, that is the plan of salvation. Repentance won't get you there. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of your sins. That's born of the water. Exactly what Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Born of the Spirit. Now that is the plan of salvation. That starts a newborn, new creature in Christ Jesus. They desire the sincere milk of the word they may grow thereby. 
But now there comes a sanctification process, growing up into him in all things. All things is all truth in faith. So now we go from the newborn babes to little children. Little children, he said, I write unto you because you have known the Father. Jesus said, if you don't know me, you don't know my Father. From henceforth, you both know him and have seen him. Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We find in John 8, 24, Jesus said, except you believe that I am he, the Father, you shall die in your sins. Well, there is a level of sanctification that is required that we know that Jesus is the Father. That is another level of truth that we must enter into. Going from newborn babes to little children. And we see that in 1 John, the second chapter, verse 12 through 14. I write unto you, little children, because you've known the Father. Well, that is an, a higher level of glory, going from glory to glory, and that same glory that was given to Jesus. He said, I give to them, the ones that believe on them. That same glory, Jesus, who is that spirit, but the middle wall of partition, the law, parting him that the spirit he is from the man that he is. God glorifying his own human back to himself in a progressive glory. It didn't happen in one day. It literally took 30 years before Jesus even began his ministry because the law stated in Numbers 4, a high priest takes his office at age 30. Jesus, being a priest forever after the order, El Melchizedek could not break that law, even though there's a change in the priesthood from Aaron to that of Melchizedek after the order of. And Jesus, fulfilling the law as a man, was baptized of John and Jordan at age 30, came into the Melchizedek priesthood, and then progressively glorified his human, his man, back to himself. And that's the reason Jesus praying to the Father said, Father, glorify thou me. He said, I have glorified you. You went to this part, and I'm going to glorify you again. Till the final point, you will lay down your life as a free will offering, said your holy, righteous, blameless blood, and then be glorified back with the Father's own self, set down with the Father in his throne. Revelation 3.21. Well, it's progressive. Now the same is us and in us by the Lord Jesus Christ in him and through him. How? Through sanctification of the truth, thy word is truth, and after the belief of the truth and sanctification of the Spirit, that we are saved. That means a growth. We must grow. But we have to walk in that light as he is in the light. Then we have fellowship one with another. That's a blood flow in the body of Christ. Fellowship. Blood flow through the members. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. It's a dynamic flow in the way of light. Not the place of light. That'd be static. But the way of light, it's always moving, which means we have to move in it. We have to walk in that light as he's in the light. And to do that in obedience is unto righteousness, which is in the Lord Jesus Christ, which is by faith. Not the righteousness of the law, which is our own righteousness, but the righteousness of God by faith. And that grace reigns through righteousness, what Jesus has already done. In his death, burial, and resurrection, in his glorification, and he came down and humbled himself to become a man, glorified himself back, and then gave us the same power, the same glory, to do it as he did it. How and what are we now in present truth? Well, it's certainly not babies, 
because Paul stated in Hebrews 5, he said, uh, when he's talking about Melchizedek, this king priesthood ministry that we are all called for, that we are to reign with him, Jesus, in the earth for a thousand years. That's a high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul's going into it in Hebrews 5, and he said, this is hard to be uttered, seeing you're dull of hearing. You can't understand what I'm saying. Well, when you ought to be teachers, you should be sanctified enough and grown enough to be able to hear this. But he said, you're dull of hearing, seeing that you, it's hard to be uttered, seeing you're dull of hearing. You don't have enough to understand what I'm talking about. And he said, you have need of milk and not of strong meat. I'm trying to give you meat, but you can't take it. And he said, for you are babies and are unskillful in the word of righteousness. You don't understand that you have to yield your members as servants to obey of servants of obedience unto righteousness. In Romans 6, you don't understand it. You're not there yet. So, there he went on to try to give us in Hebrews 5, 6, and 7 the things about Melchizedek. But they were hard to be uttered there because these uh, believers were not able to hear what Paul was saying. Seeing it was hard to be uttered. Seeing you're dull of hearing. You're dull of having an ear to hear the truth of the Word of God. Where are we now? Well, certainly, we're not babies and little children. We know that Jesus is the Father, that He is God manifest. He is the Father revealed. He's the image of the invisible God. Well, then is there more? Yes, there's more. That's just little children. Now we're going to young men. They're the overcomers. I run to you, young men, because the word of God is strong in you, and you've overcome the wicked one. They're the overcomers. They're the ones written about in Revelation, the second and third chapter. And to do and be an overcomer is to do the will of God. And to do that, you must know the word of God because you're sanctified through the word. That after you have received the word of God, you were sealed by that Holy Spirit of promise until the day of redemption. Well, you were sealed there at, at a newborn baby. Then you see another sealing. It's progressive. There at little children. You receive another there at, by the word of God, that after you have received the word, another sealing at young men. There's another ceiling, which is full-grown fathers. Little f. Those fathers will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, children to the fathers, lest he comes to smite theirs with a curse, Malachi 4. So there is a progression that we are now not to be in a Pentecostal move in the former reign, but we are to be overcomers now, young men. And we see that in Revelation 2nd and 3rd chapter. Then we go into Revelation 4, the 4th, 5th, and 6th chapter, which is the four beasts, the four living creatures. And these living creatures are the cherubim. That Paul said in Hebrews 9, 5, we can't speak particularly about those cherubim. Why? Because he was in Pentecost. It was not lawful for a man to speak that at that time. But it is now, because we're not in Pentecost. We're in tabernacles. And who will have an ear to hear? Oh, that they were wise, that they understood their latter end to the law, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, and to the testimony. That testimony is the ark. That is not the table of shewbread out in Pentecost. It is not where we have a half egg of beaten olive oil to feed the 22 knops of bowls to feed the seven lamps and the candlestick. 
This is golden oil within the veil, caught up to God and to his throne, much higher glory. It's not Pentecost. It's a season of tabernacles, and we've been in it. And very few are entering in. And that's where we are now. We must enter in because if we don't, the chastening rod of God will be upon us that we will not be condemned with the world. It's time. It's already been time. We're late in receiving the word of God. So we'll see more and more of the judgments of God. As we see the time of the Lord coming, it will increase greater and greater. And the, the propensity, the, the actual culmination of all these events will accelerate. It will accelerate more than, and more. We're saying, oh, well, there's been Ebola, HIV, AIDS. Well, I remember when we were going to Africa. Uh, there's a whole, the western part of Africa, there's Ebola. We're preaching in Ghana with a good friend of ours, a minister there. And in the Holy Ghost, it's going to be essential, essential that you have the Holy Ghost and walking in this present light because you won't hurt the oil and the wine. That's your sealing in the Holy Ghost. But measure wheat for a penny. That's Pentecost. Three measures of barley for a penny. That is Passover and lemon bread and first fruits. They still have to purchase price. It still has to be uh, by the truth and sell it not. Still has to be earned. It still has to be obeyed and entered in. In that black horse rider with a pair of balances in his hand. Who will hear for the time to come? It is right now upon us. God expects us to be walking in the light. And that light is progressive. The path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. But we're finding, and we've been on the podcast now over a year, a little over a year, and we've had some, well, there's been, I think, over 8,000 downloads, not just people hearing, but have downloaded and listened to it uh, on a consistent basis. And there will be more. We're seeing a lot of you from Africa, India, Nepal, Pakistan, uh, even Australia, New Zealand. But there will be more, a few in England, most in the United States. We need to hear from you. God's doing this now. Don't wait and wait and procrastinate. That's the worst thing we can do. When God speaks the word and you hear it, we need to act on it. But we think, well, it's a change. It's a new thing God's doing. And people don't like change. I can understand that. And we like to stay close to the shore. Nobody likes to launch out into the deep. You can drown out there. <laughs> We're going to stay in the close harbor. You know, ankle deep water. We can't drown in that. But God said, he's calling the deep, calling into the deep. And he answers by the water spouts. That is the whirlwind uh, of the truth going up to God. And it's happening now. So sanctification and belief of the truth is essential for salvation in present truth. In other words, take heed how we hear. For the same measure we meet withal shall be measured to us again. To him that hath shall be given and he'll have the more. Well, the more truth you get, the more that God will give you in obedience. The more you obey God, the more he gives you. Not just a hear of the word, but a do of the word. There, but those that hear not and do not hear shall be taken away even that which he has. In other words, if we go on and we're newborn babes and all we do is repent and God has gone on to born of the water and the spirit and knowing that the revelation that Jesus is the father and we haven't walked in that light, then even our repentance will be taken away because he said, take heed how you hear that word. 
to him that hath not. The word came and you said, no, I don't want to do that. I think I'm happy with where I'm at. We'll be taken away even that which you have. So take heed, lest a singular promise slip any of us, which should seem to come short of entering into his rest. For there remaineth a rest to the people of God. And if Jesus had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day. Hebrews 4, Jesus spoke of another day. So the time is coming and now is. But they always that hear the voice of the Son of God shall live. We have to hear the voice of God. We see that voice in Revelation, the second and third chapter. And that Jesus speaking. And those that hear and obey are the overcomers. And they're just young men. Then there's another sealing after that of fathers of the apocalyptic sealing in Revelation 7, which are full gone and have known him that's from the beginning. That's the word of God. In fullness, all truth, the Revelation 7 sealing are those that have received all truth and are sealed in their foreheads, having the mind of Christ. They have been through tribulation and persecution, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that they might be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God for which they suffered. The faith of them grew exceedingly. The charity of everyone abounded one toward another. How did they get the charity? They added to their faith virtue. Virtue, knowledge. Well, my people perish for lack of knowledge. That's another crossroads. Want to make sure that we go on in the knowledge of God. And then we got to add to our knowledge, temperance. Those that strive for the mastery must be temperate, self-controlled in all things. Temperance, you got to add patience. Patience, after you've done the will of God, you have need of patience that you will receive a full reward. Then patience, you add to it godliness, the God life. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. For God was manifest in the flesh. And that God, that spirit, that same spirit that was in Christ Jesus, our Lord, is in us now, those that have the Holy Ghost. If the spirit dwelleth in you that also dwell in Christ Jesus, it shall also quicken or make alive your mortal body. Any man have not the spirit of Christ. He's none of his. Well, the thief on the cross, well, that was before the death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus died. Then he was buried. But before that resurrection, he wasn't preached by that spirit until the spirit shut up in present. Made a show of him openly, triumphing over the devil in it. Take the keys of death hell. You see the progression. It's called sanctification means that you believe the present truth and are sanctified through that truth, growing up into Jesus in all these things, not staying little babies, not staying those that still have to have need of milk because you stay on milk when you need to grow up. You'll get rickets. There you go from babies to the next step of little children. Now you know that Jesus is the Father. You have that revelation. You're establishing that doctrine of Christ. But there's more in Christ. The overcomer. How? Through Christ in you. I can do all things through Christ Jesus my Lord. Then you come to them, the fathers, the full-grown measure of the statue of Jesus Christ, sealed in your foreheads with the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God, thought not Robert to be equal God, but made himself of no reputation. We're doing the same. Humbling ourselves, broken, humble, and contrite. To that will that man, that's who the Lord will seek unto. That, that humility, God himself showed us that example. We have to do the same. Referring our brother above ourselves. 
literally condescending to men of low estate, not seeking our own, but that which is another's, not after filthy lucre or money, but seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All the other things will be added to us. We have that promise in Matthew 6, 33. God's doing it now. We'd love to hear from you. God's bringing that body into one. Those that are praying for us, uh, we thank you for your prayerful support, your financial support. Thank you for that. God bless you, 30, 60, 100 fold. We pray over every offering given because it's through your generous gifts and donations that keep this podcast on the air. If the Holy Ghost is bearing witness with your spirit, please call us, notify us. Let us get together, let's meet and join bone to bone, whichever joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love. Many will say, no, I'm just going to stay in my denomination. I'm holding on and hope that I make it. No, the kingdom of God suffers violence, the violent take it by force. Don't sit back and idly, idly procrastinate. God moves, move with that spirit. Move in the Lord Jesus Christ. Walk in that light as he's in the light. Then there'll be blood flow. We will have fellowship one with another. Not telling you what to do. Fellowship is that we literally edify one another, build up one another, edifying of itself in love through the supply of the spirit. And then it's when that's, Coming together in brotherly love continues. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Right now, we'd love to hear from you. God is sanctifying us in all truth, not partial truth, all truth. It's here now. And those that are hearing the word of God are saying, wow, what a word, what a glory, what a glory. And I know you want to see the glory of God. Write to me, Dennis Beard. Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or drop us a message, contact us through the websites. Or if you have a question, please ask, ask it and we'll do our best to answer it. At sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, or dennisbeard.org. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, the Lord Jesus bless you. Now, again, thank those that are praying for us and your financial support. I can't tell you what it means as we pray over them for God to bless you some 30, 60, 100 fold because it's through your generous offerings. It keeps us on the air. God bless you. But more than that, no, we're not after yours. We're after you. Let us hear from you. Let's join together in the unity of the faith. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold the real Jesus.